Welcome everyone to the Foraging Truth radio podcast. We've got a great story here today. We're not going to water it down. It's going to be quite a humid one, so to speak. And enough with the puns. I'm going to share with you what's been going on in Arizona. You may or may not have heard about this, but uh, there is a bit of a water crisis for a community in Arizona where uh, they were being supplied with water from a nearby town. And that town decided, because of drought conditions, to cut off the water to their community. And there's lawsuits that are going on, and I'm not going to be a legal scholar about any of that. But I think it's interesting that um, in an area where there, there are drought conditions, you know, water is very precious there, that one community would cut off another. The town is saying that, you know, their first obligations are to their own residents and not to the nearby community that they were supplying with water. But I think we have to consider, you know, what um, what might convince them uh, to change their mind and decide that, you know, there are people in need that are nearby and that we should care for them and we should try to provide them at least with some amount of water uh, to, to work things out. And um, I don't know what that might be in in the the world's sense, um, you know, duty to the fellow man, perhaps something like that. Um, in the Bible, clearly, we are to take care of others as best as we can. Um, but I want to go into uh, first <clears throat> about what's going on in Arizona, just so that you know a little bit more about it, because I, I think it would be uh, illuminating, if nothing else. So. All right, before we get started, though, I want to make sure that you um, hit that like button and share this uh, share this channel with your friends. We'd really, really, really like you um, to keep coming back and listening to um, the topics that we come up with. We've got some really awesome guests planned here in the near future, and uh, it's it keeps getting bigger, and uh, we, ha- we have some great ideas for, uh, for spring and throughout the summer. We're going to be back in the woods fairly shortly. We're looking for morels and other mushrooms, and we'll keep bringing that content to you. So in the meantime, make sure that you are subscribed. Let's talk about Scottsdale, Arizona. Now, <clears throat> Scottsdale is where the the water is coming from, and of course they get it from the Colorado River. So you you would think they would just pass it down the line, right? Well, that's not always the way that it works. And so there's a community, Rio Verde Foothills with about 2,000 homes, they are currently without water. And th- this is getting to be a bit of a crisis situation for the people who are there. Now, mind you, it's probably not a good idea to go move there right now. I, I wouldn't want to buy a house there no matter how cheap it is uh, because you are going to be paying through the nose for water. And one guy um, with his water bill for a family of six will be paying as much as his mortgage each month just to continue to get water. They're collecting what little rainwater they have into barrels and putting that uh, you know, to use in flushing toilets, washing clothing. Uh, if you're gonna drink it, you do have to filter it. And so this is kind of a crisis for these people and I do feel bad for them that they're in a very tough spot. And, and I hope that something works out for them soon because summer's coming, man. It's not super hot there this time of year, but I mean, by the end of summer, it's it's uh it's gonna be it's gonna be bad. It's gonna be really bad. And I we don't want that. Why would we want that for anyone? 
you know, we, we need to work together and to take care of each other's needs as, as best we can, you know, within our means and, and not forsake our own families in the process of doing that. Um, but it, in this case, um, it's, it's just fascinating. I'm looking at this article from the Washington Post, and I'm, I'm going to put a link in the description for this so that you can read exactly what's going on here. And as far as how difficult it is for them to get water into the community, there are still water hauling trucks. They have tanks in their backyards to hold water, uh, but it's it's getting more and more expensive and it's getting harder and harder to come by. So, you know, they're out there in the desert and there's a lot of considerations for the people who live there. And I have to imagine that some of them want to move. And I know some of them want to, want to move based off of the the article because that's what they'd like to do, but they're una- they're not, who's gonna buy? Who's gonna buy a house like this um, in a situation like this? So, I mean, I would just say that this, this is a bit of a wake up call for anybody else who's in a situation where you're unsure about your water, uh, whether it, you have a well, maybe sometimes it, it's slow, you know, maybe, maybe you uh, have to go get water from somewhere, maybe you have city water, but there are new developments going in and you lose water from your house sometimes. It can happen, it can happen. I've experienced that personally where um, there was a period of time where every couple of months, uh, the water would get shut off for part of a day. And, and I don't know exactly why that was. I would, you know, this was years ago and, and I didn't really question it. I just knew that, okay, I guess we have to go buy some water from the store. And that was my thinking at that time. Well, at least there was a store to go buy water from, and, and I was very fortunate in that case uh, to to have that. And a lot of people do in in the United States have that that uh, luxury to be able to go buy to go buy water, and it's not a ridiculous distance away and not for an astronomical price. Um, but in this case, in Arizona, it is an astronomical price and somewhat of a ridiculous distance and amount of time and the cost of diesel and everything to get the water to them. And so, you know, I just, uh, I, I want everybody who's listening to this to consider that you might want to have some water on hand. I mean, it's, it's, one, of the, it's one thing if it's so bad that you, you have to wash clothes and flush toilets and everything with water that you, you collect when it rains, but, you know, in lesser ways, such as a water main break, pipes freezing, you know, middle of winter, I mean, it could be middle of summer and, and you know, they're putting in a new development, like I said before, and, and they, uh, they had to shut the water off for a period of time. So you might want to consider some method of having extra water on hand. Cases of bottled water is fine. That's nice and portable. What about bigger than that? Um, there's, a, there's a company out of Canada that makes what they call aquatainers, and they are a cube shape. And they have a handle on top. They have a lid that you can turn inside out. It's a spout with a you know spigot, and so you can you know twist it, and water comes out, and close it, whatever. Anyways, they hold seven gallons. They're about fifteen dollars or so, maybe a little more now. And they're in the camping section at Walmart. So then there are other containers like that, but that those are those are made in Canada, and uh, they they stack well. They they do stack on top of each other. That's nice too. So if, if you even if you just get a few of those, and you know um, you know fill them with tap water, 
and, and maybe add a little bit of uh, chlorine bleach. You gotta be real careful about that though, because if you add too much, you're gonna get sick. You, you can very easily poison yourself with bleach. And there's supposed to be a little bit of chlorine in most water supplies anyway, so you could probably get away with just uh, just regular old tap water and nothing added to it. But if you're going to collect rainwater, you've got to do something to it. Uh, if you're going to have a rain barrel or some kind of those big water totes that are 100 gallons or 300 gallons, whatever they are, um, you you gotta you gotta educate yourself on what to do so you don't end up with water that's going to cause you problems. And uh, you definitely will have to do something or that collected water is going to cause you problems. You'll get sick or it, it will go stagnant and good luck trying to wash your clothes in stagnant water. I, I wouldn't want to do that at all. Um, but, but having some amount of water on hand, I mean, even, even the U.S. government says have three days of food, three days of water on hand in case there's a bad snowstorm or there's a flood or there's some kind of natural disaster. You want to, you want to be able to provide for your own and be able to, to weather out some type of, of crisis, of, you know, smaller magnitude, I suppose, a couple of days anyways. And so it's something to consider. And so, so the question then is, can you collect rainwater? Is that legal? Currently in the United States, there is no federal law, to my knowledge, not an attorney here at all, but there is no law federally for, about collecting rainwater. So it falls back on the states. Now, some states, they're okay with it. Some states have restrictions about it. Uh, from what I've read, it looks like it might be illegal to collect rainwater in Colorado, but I didn't dig too deeply. So if you live in Colorado, you really want to look at that. <clears throat> and some states, um, they encourage rainwater collection and they'll give you tax credits for it. I seem to remember Maine is one of those states. So if you live in one of those states where you could get a tax break by collecting rainwater, you know, especially if you've got some farm animals or you've got some use for it, you know, it could be a benefit. Why not do that? So, so some food for thought anyways, as far as collecting rainwater. And I mean, sure, you could take it from the tap and store it in containers. You could buy prepackaged water. That could work also. Um, th those are your main main options, uh, unless unless you have access to a spring, you, know, you could go collect spring water. But you need to make sure if you are collecting spring water, that it is a spring that's tested regularly. So if it's part of a state park, you know, find out what they test it for, how often they test it, and that sort of thing. And then beyond that, you uh, you might want to um, even test it yourself. I mean, if you have a well it's strongly encouraged that you test the water. So if you are going to be regularly getting water from a spring, you might want to, you know, independently test that as well. Water testing is not cheap though. So you have to weigh exactly what are you going to be testing for. There are lots of tests, lots of tests out there for water, uh, different kinds of things, whether it's heavy metals or bacteria or, um, you know, sp what is it? Cryptosporidium is a fungi. And uh, not a very fun guy if you uh, eat it, though. Dad joke. Um, and, and so, uh, the, the, and there could be other things in there, too. I mean, in theory, radioactive particles, many other things like that. So you, you definitely don't want to uh, be consuming water that would be harmful. But at the same time, 
you got to have water. And, you know, some people would even argue bad water is better than none. I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. That's that's rock in a hard place territory. But nonetheless, I, I think we're we don't want to beat a dead horse too much here. But as far as I can see, it looks like pretty much you, you've got the ability to uh, harvest rainwater and use it for personal use in most parts of the United States, maybe with some restrictions, maybe a state or two that doesn't allow it. But again, there might be exemptions to that. So it's worth looking into. Uh, the last thing I want to touch on here is drought. So there's there's uh, drought.gov. I'll put a link to the to this in the description also. Um, they they say on this website we're looking at about you know 40% ballpark uh, that that is considered in drought conditions and you know, that that's uh, 81.6 million people. So as far as drought conditions go here in the United States, it's primarily affecting the Midwest and west of the Rocky Mountains. There's some patches here and there, but it does span from the northern border to the southern border. And the drought conditions, they, they even touch the southern portion of Georgia and the northern portion of Florida right now. Uh, these maps can change, so uh, drought.gov will give you an idea of what you're looking at. And I, you know, I think that um, it's it's uh, something to keep an eye on. It seems like drought has become an increasing problem uh, in in recent years, but I I really don't know that uh, I don't know how worse how much worse is it going to get? Is it going to be better next year? Will it be better in a couple of months? Uh, you know, nobody knows the future but God himself. And I think that's important to keep in mind. You, things may get much better. Things may get much worse. We need to trust in God, but then we also need to make practical, sound, wise decisions uh, in our own lives. And it's that combination of uh, faithfulness to our creator, that, that we serve Jesus Christ, but that we also are going to take care of our spouses and children, parents, uh, our neighbors, that we look after those who are around us, maybe people in our church. And it, you know, beyond that, uh, that I think that's a nice segue into our, our bit of Bible information here. Uh, I want to point to two passages. See, we're talking about water today. So I want to point to two passages, and that would be John chapter 4, verse 10, and same book, John chapter 7, verses 37 through 39. And so um, what happens in chapter 4 is that Jesus is walking up to a well. He's thirsty. He asks a Samaritan woman for a drink of water. In this case, the Jews looked down on the Samaritans. They did not like them at all. And so here's a Jew who's talking to a Samaritan woman by himself and asking her to draw up some water for him so he could have a drink. Chapter 4, verse 7, when the Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? And his disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, 
you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. And she says, sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? And Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And the woman said to the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. And then he goes into a segue where he asks her to go get her husband. And she says she has none. And he said, well, actually, you've had five. And the current man you're with is not your husband. And at that point, she believed he was at the very least a prophet. Um, and and I think it's it's very awesome to see that there's such a candid conversation here that starts out by talking about water, just a drink of water, and then moves on to uh, spiritual matters. And I, I think that's important that when we go out and we talk to people that we are not quick to jump on the Bible and quote verses and tell people what they're doing wrong and what they need to do right and how they need to serve the creator and so on and so forth. That can come off as kind of like, hey, come join my cult where we have to do all of these things just right. Uh, instead, from the direction of, hey, can I get a drink of water? You know, just to start a conversation. I think that's some food for thought, and uh, I, I would I would suggest doing that. Um, you know, get to know new people, and and really get to know them, and ask questions, and um, be willing to, uh, and 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 be willing to make new friends. You know, be interested in people. I think is is the the best way to put that, and you know that. The whole idea of living water there from that passage is further illuminated when uh, Jesus was in a crowd of people in chapter 7, verses 37 through 39. And so it was on the last day of the feast that uh, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me for a drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now that, and then, and then there's an explanation. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive, for as yet the Spirit had not been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So uh, Jesus was promising something at this point, that the Holy Spirit was going to be poured out. It was going to be given to Christ followers, given to believers, uh, but it had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet been nailed to a cross, died in the tomb on the third day, raised, and then glorified, sent up to sit at the right hand of the Father. So um, the, I hope this has been helpful for all of you as far as, as, far as thinking about the practicalities of water. Um, definitely consider what you're going to do there. If Don't wait until the water is shut off and say, oh no, it's 11 p.m., all the stores are closed and the closest place it's opens an hour away and we have nothing to drink don't don't wait for that plan ahead uh you know the what is it in proverbs that um 
let's let's just look that up. See, this is the beautiful thing about the internet. If you want to know something, whether it's science, technology, foreign language, scripture, you can type it in, and there's nothing stopping you from doing that. So Proverbs, uh, let's search Proverbs. Uh, wise man plans his way. Um, there we go. So it's Proverbs 16:9. The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. And so there, of course, are going to be other translations. So the mind of man plans his way, but the Lord guides his steps, things like that. You're going to find different translations have words slightly different. And that's because some of them are more word for word and some are phrase for phrase and thought for thought, idea for idea. Some are, you know, written such as the message. They're written in a language which is um, understandable to most people. It's written in very plain English. And so I think it's potentially helpful to look at multiple translations to get an idea of what the original language is saying. And if you want to get into the Greek, you don't have to learn it. I mean, it may look Greek to you. But with a couple clicks of the mouse, you get all the English definitions and you get the English way of saying the Greek words and everything. And that, that BibleHub.com is an awfully good resource for that. So I, I would suggest um, maybe we'll put a link to that in the description, too. If you're curious, check out BibleHub. They've got an interlinear thing. So you get to read all the English and you get to find out what all the Greek words meant. And that that does give you some additional insight into how the how the the old testament was written what the thoughts were behind the words that the writers almost 2000 years ago were writing down i think that's pretty amazing stuff right there so uh, i think that's about all i have to share for today uh, i would like it if, very much if you would hit that like button and subscribe and I uh, hope to see you again here soon on the Foraging Truth Radio podcast. If you'd like to support us, uh, go buy a shirt, buy a hoodie. We've got a link in the description. Maybe we need some other stuff in there. Give us ideas. We'll go make it. And, um, you know, check us out on Facebook as well. Um, we will have some more activity there, more photos and things once uh, morel season kicks back up. Hit the like button on Facebook as well. Follow us there. And uh, as always, love your God love your neighbor, and keep forging.